Reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed for life. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I know that what I'm about to propose in the grand scheme of our national economy is quite modest. But for my own peace of mind, I'd like to abolish tips. That's right. I'm saying it, no more gratuities. Okay, before our hairstylists and table servers and bellhops walk out, let me explain. I want you all to receive a fair wage, but I don't like the discrepancies. And I sure don't like not knowing what's the fair amount for what. Take meals. I'm a standard 20% tipper. It's simple math. I can handle it. I rarely deviate from it. For a server to get less than 20% tip, and he or she would have to intentionally cause us problems in our meal. He could pour water on my head. And if he seemed genuinely apologetic for it, still get the 20%. For me, it's really not about how he looks, how quickly the food arrived, if the glass ever went below half full, if, if she has a foreign accent or touched me on the shoulder. It's just easier for me to give the 20%. So I've got that part worked out. But then I go to one of those order-at-the-counter restaurants, as I did a couple weeks ago. And my whole standard... I've got the math figured thing is blown. I ordered at the counter. They brought the food to my table. At times at that particular restaurant, I've taken my plate to the cleaning area and at times on this time, they picked it up for me. That one particular occasion, three different people helped me have my meal. So I didn't know what to tip. I thought about it and thought about it and didn't know what was the right 
amount. In the name of freeing up space in my limited capacity mind, so that I could think of the things of God, could we not just get rid of tips? I tell you, I was not able to stop thinking about it that day. I, I literally lost sleep over it. I felt like I had shortchanged those three people who had received my smaller than normal chip. I, I felt cheap. I felt ungenerous. It made me start thinking about God. I started thinking of other occasions when I was not generous. I, I thought of a meal I shared with some friends another time, how we had gone to a restaurant. They had been generous with their time and with their guidance, and we had had a good meal together, and I regretted later not having bought their meal. I thought of about a Halloween night when some friends brought their children over at the beginning of the night, and because I was afraid we might run out of candy before the end of the night, I gave just a little bit of candy to each of those children, and and then I regretted later I didn't give more. What I realized is I can recall incidents when I regret not being generous. Occasions when that has affected my sleep or made me feel stingy, a feeling I don't like. Those come back to me. But I've never regretted or lost sleep over being generous. I've never wished I wasn't. I've used my debit card at a drive through window picking up food before. And because I know how to do 20% and I can uh, multiply that pretty easily and that's just kind of my habit, I did the 20%. And then I drove away and I thought about the inequity of, of that person taking a bag and putting it through a window and getting 20% while I get the same amount as somebody who spent a whole night serving me. I, I thought about it and laughed about it, but never regretted it. I thought probably that window helper deserved a little more. Slept fine after that. Gratuity. It, it comes from a Latin word, gratuitous, freely given. As in, we are giving this gift to someone who's helped us out. Not because we have to. We're not stealing if we don't do it. We're not robbing someone. We're we're giving freely of our resources to help someone else. Of course, those who are in service industry depend on it, but, but it is a free gift. There are lots of ways to give freely, not just with our money. When we were in Costa Rica, we were impressed by this man, Richard. Richard's family lived in the community we were in, but his job was three hours away in the capital. He was rarely home to be with his family, but happened to be home at the time we were in Costa Rica, and he brought his wife and child to the children's time we were having together. When he got there, he saw that there were some people working with the children, but a lot of us were mixing concrete, and though dressed for a church social event, he rolled up his shirt sleeves and came out in his flip-flops and used a shovel in a an impressive way to mix concrete right there on the ground. The next day he came back dressed more appropriately for the work we were doing, but again took that precious time that he had, that limited amount of time he had with his family, and instead gave it freely to help us with our work. He didn't know us, he didn't get paid for it, he just came and and gave of himself gratuity. I took the Financial Peace University course last fall and 
and I commend it to you. You can register for it now. There's some information about it in the bulletin. Financial peace is beneficial for everyone. Those with a great amount of debt, those with a little bit of debt, those with no debt but are thinking about how to invest their lives. I think it should be required of, of everyone aged 18 to 30. One of the exercises that Dave Ramsey has the class do is to make a list of financial goals for your life. And one that resonated with me was this goal to be financially secure in a way that you can be financially generous. He talks about the joy of being debt-free, of having some sense of savings, and then looking for a place to give your money rather than running when someone's coming to ask for your money. That it's great to be able to give to the things you want to give to rather than to feel like you just have to sometimes give. Dave didn't make this up. It's scriptural. Second Corinthians says, Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful in Greek is the same word as hilarious. God loves a hilariously happy giver. What God does not love is greed. The Greek word for greed is pleonexia. It's an illness, a sickness, the compulsion to acquire more. Greed tops the list of those earthly behaviors that are unfaithful to God. It's right there alongside wickedness, evil, malice, murder, idolatry, greed. Paul sensed that greed is the, an indication of our spiritual sickness is right in line with Jesus in this parable. The only parable where God's voice is heard. Psalm 14 says that the fool says in their hearts that there is no God. When God speaks in this parable, it's to call the man a fool. The man may not have said with his lips that there is no God, but he has said it loudly with how he lives his life. When the land produces abundantly, God's land, by the way, the man doesn't turn to God with thanksgiving or to ask God what to do with this newfound abundance. The man doesn't look to his community to see where there's some needs and how he might be able to share this gift he's received into his life. The man turns to himself and with no less than a dozen first-person references in the short span of three sentences says how he might further bless himself. His narcissism knows no bounds. I will say to my soul, soul, he says. God interrupts, calls the man a fool, tells him his life is over, and asks him who is going to benefit from all these storehouses now. For the man who had started Jesus down this path by asking Jesus to arbitrate between him and his brother, this parable is a reminder the fight he's having with his brother is over the result is because of their greed. It's because they see their inheritance not as a gift, but as an entitlement. 
for the rest of us. For those who overhear this parable, it's Jesus' reminder that we're to be, as he says, on guard against all kinds of greed because our lives do not consist in the abundance of possessions. You will not find life in things. We watched that movie, I Am. It it demonstrates this for us. It, It talks about how going from being cold and alone and outside to being warm and inside and with others is a great improvement in your happiness. You are happier when that happens. But but it does not calculate to say that because that is a great increase in your in your happiness that it's going to mean that everything else that you get is an increase in your happiness. In other words, you can't say that I have a million dollars now and if I have two million dollars later, that means I'll be twice as happy. It doesn't work out that way. Bigger barns will not give us bigger rest, better rest. We may think that increasing our barn size will help us to to relax and eat, drink, and be merry, but every one of us who have had our barns grow know that it means that we start to feel this need for more security. It means that we have more upkeep on that which we've acquired. It means... We keep an eye out to see whose barns have grown bigger than ours. Because as soon as our barn isn't in the league of their barn, it's time for us to look for a bigger barn. There is no peace in comparing barn sizes. Jesus says, be on guard against all kinds of greed. I'm sure it's because he knows what an illness like greed will do to us. We'll lose sleep. Over a couple dollars difference in a tip. We'll lose sleep over protecting our possessions. We'll lose sleep over comparing our stockpile with someone else's. Even worse, we'll be at risk of losing God. Of becoming a fool. A person who says in my heart, this is my land and it produced my crops and the benefit is mine so I'll do with it what I want. You know, come to think of it, I'll retract retract my recommendation. We shouldn't go away from, from tips. We shouldn't go to a surcharge. It, it wouldn't be a true gratuity if we did. We need more occasions to give freely. We need more opportunities for that. In a sense, every meal is a free gift. The grains which we take for granted are the result of nutrient-laden soil, productive seeds, the right balance of water, sun. Someone's work to plant it and someone else to harvest it. Someone crushed it and then mixed it with some other ingredients and made a dough and the dough was baked and the bread was made and it was delivered. And all of this with God's help. It came from God's land. It's part of God's crops. It's God's to give freely and to do with it as God chooses. It's God's gratuity. Freely given, that places this bread, this body, on the Lord's table today. There is no greed in God.
And there is no lack. There's only life. The hilarious, cheerful life given to those who are rich in God. Thanks be to God. Amen.